I think it goes because I never heard anything. Um, uh, yeah, you've got the yellow flag. Yellow flag. Oh, we are we are live. <laughs> I would like to welcome everyone to the Nomadic Podcast. It's episode seventy-three. Uh, it's Kristen Smith in Gainsborough with a broken machine tonight. And here in uh, Bracknell, it's me, James Bartby, and uh, strap yourself in, folks. I think this one could be bumpy. And just further up the M4 in West London, it's me, Rob Overfield. And I think James is right. This could be interesting, but I'm going to be a good point. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, I'm not going to be a good boy this evening, but I'm going to start with a cracking four-all draw that I witnessed at the weekend. Um... At uh, Stay the Bridge at Bellfold, uh, Trinity came back from 3 1 down to uh, draw 4 all in the end, including a goal by our 18 year old uh, local lad who playing only his third uh, time this season as a sub, uh, buried it from outside the area. Nice 20 yard strike to the top corner. Um, it meant that Stay the Bridge stayed up because they needed a point. And it effectively relegated Colwyn, and no offence to Colwyn fans, it's a lovely little place, but from a travel perspective, I'd much rather go to Staley Bridge. And then the next thing I find out, in the evening, all hell seems to be kicking off. And uh, that's going to be our main topic, I think, tonight. Uh, How did uh, Hampton get on in the final game of the season? Well, it was a very interesting game. The Hampton Richmond went to Peacehaven and Telscombe, and a name which will reoccur this evening. Um, Peacehaven needed to win and hope results go their way to stay in the Ram Premier League. At half time, it looked as if they were doing it 2 uh, 0 up against a very shabby Hampton side, and uh, results were indeed going their way. But in the second half, I'm afraid Alan Dowson, the manager, must have really. Uh, done a hairdryer job on the team because you know by the time we reached 61 minutes it was then uh, P7-2 Hampton 3 so <laughs> it's basically 15 well 13 minutes actually there was three goals and killed the game so it was uh, it finished 4-2 and it was a very enjoyable afternoon apart from the weather um, P7 being on the coast started off sunshine and ended up being wreathed in sea fog lovely Yeah, good end uh, of the season, though. It's a, you know, it's a good win and he's in good form as well. And the Rob, you know, he's he, he signed a, his two-year contract last week, didn't he? So he's uh, Alan Alan Dowson. So it, it bodes well once he's got a summer a summer to get that, mm. that squad together when he hasn't had to do it trying to beg, mm. borrow, and steal during the season. And you know, I think I think there can be some optimism going forward. Yeah, and I've actually learned something today that. Um, Although you can't register players with your league much before July, you can put them under contract even now. Yeah, I think we've done that bef- before, haven't we? From- I didn't, I didn't realise that, and I don't know if you were aware of it either, Kristen. Um, you can, you know, you, you, can, you can sign contract. them contract. Yeah, but you, you can't can register them. Yeah, that can't be done until July. It's like I... just to go outside of non-league. I mean, it's, it's like with um, with Barcelona in Spain, they. Mm. Although they've got a transfer ban, they could technically buy players. It's it's a ban on registering players, so they could they could buy someone and leave them out on loan. So it's a similar sort of thing, and it's the registration of a player that that has the deadline rather than the buying. I think. I uh, did know that. The only reason I know that is that we have actually got two or three of our players on longer term contracts, and we've already signed a few of our youngsters ready for next season. Partly hoping that somebody will come in and swoop and pay us some big bucks for them, but uh, realistically, it's more just to uh, ensure that they don't go elsewhere. So, um, we seem to have spoken a lot about the little village team from uh, about 20 miles north of me, and uh, I think it all just kicked off on Saturday night when Libby just told me. There's something going on at Ferry because there are rumours that Colwyn Bay are not going to be relegated. And, oh, okay, what's going on here then? And it appears that uh, the owners uh, at Colwyn Bay, who are related to the owners at Hull City... Uh, Just listen to that again, Piston. 
Oh, so yeah, I will listen to that again. The owners of Colin Bay probably are not related to anybody at the other side of the country. Yeah, the owners at North Ferriby are related to the uh, owners at Hull City, so I know Rob has a few views about that. Um, but they had a discussion with the players after the game on uh, Saturday, and they basically said, we are not going to keep propping the club up. We're not. Uh, we've already put the club up for sale, and uh, we are going to say we're going to have to live within our means. And we reckon it's going to be about a fifty to sixty percent uh, playing budget cut. And I'll let one of you take uh, up on the Twitter storm that suddenly happened straight afterwards. I don't know if you saw it, James, or. Was that um, the only one? I'll, I'll be honest. My um, the my phone battery had died, so it was only when I when I yeah. saw I came up to bed and put it on charge that I um, yeah, our, our little WhatsApp group um, went nuts on on my phone and I caught up with it a little bit there and I'd had a little bit of a read. Um, but it 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 was more Sunday when I when I kind of got up to speed on it a little bit. Um, I wasn't I wasn't aware it had originally been broken by by players, and I mean. That's that's the thing, isn't it? There's been no official word from the club. I think, in fact, there's been a statement, uh, or a, a, certainly, if it's at the Hull Daily Mail website, you uh, you sent us a link to, mm. wasn't it, Rob? It's not on the mm. official website, saying that the um, that the owners uh, Stephen Eman Forster have have not contacted the league about voluntary relegation, which seems to be what stemmed the backlash, um, and is is what's basically it was uh, the players, you know, what they what they've taken to Twitter about. I think was it Ryan Kendall? I think one of the you know the two goal hero from the final, the FA Trophy final last month. I think he went on didn't he saying everyone's been released and was it Nathan Pete as well, one of the other mm-hmm. players? Yes. Yeah, yeah. They they both went on didn't they saying that everyone's been released, the money's been pulled, they're going down, you know, they're going to get relegated to a couple of divisions, and that has basically just kicked off has a bigger you know the biggest storm since in left one direction i think and uh, it's um, <laughs> it's not really abated much but you know i know rob you'll have been uh, been a supporter of of whole city all your life you'll uh, <laughs> be very familiar with these owners and without wanting to um, sit on the fence i'm on the fence <laughs> so i'm going to let you go rob and um, yeah let's, uh, yeah let's, i mean let's see what you've got to say on this well <laughs> I've done a bit of reading round, given everything that's been published. And it looks as if that the owners, I mean, it's the Alums' son-in-law and daughter are effectively running North Ferriby. Um, in fair play to them, they could have carried on funding the club and then just pulling it mid-season and leaving the club in, in, a, in a limbo, not being able to fund themselves, not being able to keep the players. And, you know, having to do it all mid-season and, you know, the spectre of Hereford would return. So at least they've done it at a sensible time. And when I sat and thought about it for a while during Sunday, I, you know, it came to me that it's not the first time we've seen this happen during the season, in the last 12 months. Because um, there was at least a couple of clubs, that I can't remember the names of, but Fox I know. Fox Motors were one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, who've decided to, you know, accept that... They can't go on just pouring money into the pit. And um, I mean, given the fact that North Ferriby only have an average crowd that is not too dissimilar from what Hampton and Richmond get, and where, like I said, we're a, a level below, um, it's almost as if they expected more from the club and the supporters and the area than what they actually got. And when they re- now they've realised the fact that they aren't going to be able to do what they planned, they've at least done things sensibly. They've managed to. They've basically. They've basically said that they're going to. Um, you know, the club's up for sale, but there's going to be. They're just going to keep it running during the summer without. Um, you know, without. Um, you know, without having the players. You know, it's going to be a case of. Basically, see who you can manage and who's need, who needs to go. Uh, even if they do have to take a voluntary relegation, they'll only be going back roughly to the level at which they've they've come from, you know, because they've always been a good solid, you know, Northern Premier League division or Division One team for years. 
and it's always been a struggle for them, but they've always managed to keep their head above water. So, although I felt frustrated and a little a little angry on Saturday night, you know, when you actually read through everything, you thought, well, actually, this isn't a bad call because then at least the club is still there. The club isn't going to go under. It's a you know, it's a club that's got you know, it's had success. It's been in the limelight. There's there is possibilities out there for owners. So, I'm not as I'm not as frustrated as, as as I was, you know, on Saturday evening because I've come to realise that, you know, it's a few more chairmen who could make a similar decision but won't. You know, there's been a lot of anger in Hull about it because as many Hull City fans think that, you know, Asim Alam and his son is basically the devil in disguise and the connection doesn't help. But, you know... Dispersed as I am by a good couple of hundred miles away from the area, I can look a bit more objectively, and I think, yeah, this will ensure the survival of North Ferriby. It ain't nice, and it ain't pretty, but it'll work. And if it means they have to cut the playing budget, they cut the playing budget. You've got to get the club surviving. The fans can't suffer anymore. Not that they've suffered in the last few months. You know, doubt to Wembley coming home with the trophy. Well, it's not a bad day out. So yeah, there'll be a buyer there somewhere. Well, um, I tweeted out that I was shocked uh, uh, on Saturday night, and I wasn't shocked that it actually had happened, but I was shocked at the fact it had happened within a month of winning uh, the trophy, because I totaled up the prize money that Ferriby would have got, and it would have been about £100,000 uh, over the course of the season for winning that competition. So that's a fair whack for a non-league club. And if uh, the Forsters have only put in, or I say only, <laughs> have put in a quarter of a million over two seasons, well, that's half of that back. And what it actually turns, because uh, I live um, not very far south uh, from North Ferriby, and I'm in the same TV region, and on Look North tonight, there was a little uh, snippet about it where the... Forsters had actually said we're trying to gift the club to the current board and they refused to accept it. Mm. And that to me is where the anger that the alums generate is overtaking what's actually happening there. I think you tweeted out, James, about if they're such a good run club, why don't they continue? And well, that's, yeah. that's the thing for me. I'm just I'm just going to say that Gainsborough Trinity suffered this three seasons ago now, when our multi-millionaire uh, backer pulled out. He did leave the club 100% debt-free. He gifted all his shares to some board members, and they said, "Okay, um, we'll give it a go." Here's the plan. They went to local businesses, grabbed a couple of people who offered to help. And now, yes, we're not pulling up any daisies. We're not pushing for promotion this season. But we've had two seasons of transition, and we've consolidated ourselves. We have a new chairman in place who's not loaded with cash, but has ideas of how we can make the club more stable and financially viable. And I think the disappointment for me is the reaction of the board at Ferriby, who said, Sugar Daddy's going away. Well, I don't want to play with it rather than turning around and saying, well, okay, we've run the club before he came. We can rub it, run it again. Now they've gone. And I don't know whether the board at Ferriby uh, may be hiding behind the anger being directed at the owners who haven't actually said they're closing the club. They just said they're not prepared to put in £120,000 a year, which... To me, then, snacks with the smacks of the mercenary nature of the players because everyone's feeling, oh, all the players are up in arms, they're all being released. Well, no, they're just not having their contracts renewed at the four, £500 a week that some of them were getting. Mm. And so, I don't know, James, I'm, I'm sitting with you on this, that it's uh, there's more to it, and it just seems sorry to me that uh, the vitriol they are for the Alums in East, uh, the East Riding and Hull City um, is causing somewhat of a look at it. Well, Ferriby have had a beautiful two years, 
and maybe it's time for them to settle back down to where they naturally are. Because, answer your question, Rob, uh, according to football web pages, North Ferriby had an average attendance of 364, mm. and assuming that it's correct, Hampton and Richmond Borough had an average attendance of 377. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we I mean could, at Hampton we could easily get, if we were, if we were in step two, we could easily get, you know, getting on towards... 550, 600. Um, obviously, you get the we away fans as well, don't you? you know? I think if we were back at that level like we were before, we could easily average 600. Yeah, easily. I, think, I think so. You know, but, then, but, then again, but then again, we've got a better, you know, a, a more potentially fruitful catchment area than what Ferby had. True. You know, it's, it's you know, in, in some respects, you know, I think. I think you have a point, Kristen, in the fact that you know the the family connection is overshadowing everything. But reading the because there is um, an article this evening in the local paper, the whole Daily Mail, where they basically said that you know as long as they're still owning the club, they will continue to meet the obligations put upon them. That's all. That's fine so far. And, as, and further on the statement, it says. We are now exploring all options to enable the club to operate within its means. So, uh, as a consequence, you know that kind of thing sort of suggests, well, yeah, the playing budget's going to have to be slashed. I mean, if you think about it, they said they've put in a quarter of a million. Okay, so say the average wage, say the wage bill at North Ferby is going to be somewhere in the region of about two and a half thousand a week, roughly, roughly. Um, do that by forty odd weeks, by you know by forty weeks of the playing season. That's two hundred thousand pounds. So it's a case of you look at so so if you double that for two seasons, that's four hundred pounds. The term the quarter of a million that they've put in has is you know, it's just basically a drop in the ocean. Ferriby have basically done the rest of it themselves. You know, it's I can understand why the fans are angry. They've had such a wonderful couple of years and and even better last month. But the club has to survive and if it means this is what they've got to do, then this is what they have to do. Can't have clubs going out of business. We've got to get be realistic about what about what clubs do. It's far better uh, if you're only getting average crowds of about 350 to 400 to make sure your budget is sustainable. If this is what you have to do, then you do it. Yeah, I mean, as you said, Kristen, I did I did tweet out about um, uh, on Sunday um, about the fact everyone seem everyone seems to say they. They're such a well-run little club, and if the owners having to put extra in to bail them out, they're not a well-run club. If the owners didn't put that money in, North Ferriby would have folded long ago. I, I remember on the um, on the Five Live and on League Show, so it would have been earlier in the season, you know, six seven months ago probably that the um, I think Steve Forster was on then saying that you know he wasn't prepared to be putting putting the money in forever. Um, now. I, from what I understand, that's over and above what they what they're paying this money that they're putting in to bail them out all the time. So I don't know who sanctions the contracts, the transfers. You know, I mean, if you're paying players at that level four or five hundred pound a week and you're getting crowds of three hundred and sixty-four, then I'm sorry, but there's only one way that club's going, and it ain't well run. Um, I also think it's it, it's very fashionable at the minute to to bash the Alams. Um, you know, any anything to do with them because of because of the debacle they make at making of Hull City, um, with the proposed name change and then throwing the toys out the pram. I'll sell the club if I'm not allowed to change their name. And you know, it's very petty. And it, it, I think because it's their daughter-in-law, and I, I think it's it's quite fashionable to to tar with the same brush. But you know, I'm again, yeah, I was. I was a bit, you know, a bit taken aback. On I wasn't shocked, but I was kind of appalled in that when I when I first found out about it. But yeah, as you as you step back, you know, it's the whole internet keyboard warrior thing, isn't it? Everyone immediately mm. gets this sense mm. of, you know, of, of injustice, and they have to get online and 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 make something that you know, the classic mountain out of a moment. Um, mm. as, they can always delete the tweets. Mm. Uh, yeah, as, uh, as a certain uh, a certain ex Colwyn Bear manager did, that was uh, mm. would have been a, fant- a fantastic topic to talk about as well, but unfortunately not. Um, 
But yeah, as you wrote yesterday, Rob, on your on your football as I see it blog, um, and it echoed my my thoughts exactly. Was this wouldn't be an issue if it wasn't the FA Trophy winners. If if they'd got knocked out in the first round, this would be just another case of a, a club's cutting back because they can't afford to play at the level they're at. If if they do, it's no different to as, as I mentioned, Vauxhall Motors. Um, Nobody batted an eyelid about them. Exactly. They just said, "What a good decision to make." Mm. Yeah, if at this level, you have, you know, it, it's all about, you know, your budget is based on your crowd, really. Mm. I mean, in in the football league and that, it's not. You've got your TV money and everything. We at Hampton, like I say, we could, you know, we could get another sixty, seventy percent on our crowd if we went up. We could sustain. It wouldn't be comfortable, but we could sustain a a mid-table conference South club. If you're only getting 364 at that level, at conference North level, it's going to take some good young players coming through and a lot of luck and an awful lot of hard work to sustain you at that level. Mm. You, you, you are, a, you are, as you say, Rob, you're a, you're a, with those crowds, you're, you're bouncing between um, the mm. Premier Division and Division 1 North of, of the uh, of the Evos, no. I'm afraid, and um, it, is, it is a shame. And of course, it's got all this publicity and all about that purely because of the FA Trophy winners, and that makes it, you know, even sadder that it is the fact that it, it's our, if it, it's our non-league FA Cup winners that are, you know, having to cut back. But they're not folding, as you said. <laughs> the fans are still going to have a club to support. They, they're not even, they've not even contacted the league about a voluntary relegation yet. So whether whether they do go down that road or not, or whether they just cut their cloth and and go down due to results on the pitch next season, it, it, you know, that that will play out over over the next uh, next few weeks, I guess. But yeah, yeah, I mean, part of the problem is is uh, in many respects you've actually touched on it without saying it, James. This is what happens uh, when you try and ch- when your ambition. Gets ahead of your finances. Yeah, they've, they've chased the dream, haven't they? And they have chased the dream. They found it because I mean, last season they, they, they had a great season. You know, they achieved that yeah. dream. They won the FA Trophy. They were, did they lose? Yeah. They finished second, I think, in the Conference North, didn't they, last season and lost in they the playoffs. Did. They did, and this season they've tried to chase that, thinking they can get that extra step, become champions, and go up as of right. It hasn't worked. They've had to come away with the trophy, but the trophy doesn't count for next season. You know, this is part of the problem. It's happening up and down non-league. We're seeing it every month, every week. Yeah, clubs, clubs with ambition are chasing a dream, and then when it doesn't come off, when the dream disintegrates, they find themselves in this situation. And you got to ask, is it worth chasing a dream, given the fact that if you don't get it, you're going to fall a long way? And I think that's part of the problem. Too many clubs are doing it. Yeah. Um... I mean, they've ended up, the, the trophies cost them in the league because they've ended up finishing 10th, mm. haven't they? So they, they've kind of, yeah. they've kind of, you know, that's, that's, but I think a few months down the line, if you spoke, you know, spoke to a, a calm, rational Ferriby fan, like, yeah. I'm sure they, they are, you know, at heart, I'm sure it's like a Wigan fan. If you offered them the chance to stay in the Premier League, but they didn't win the FA Cup that season, I know what I'd take. I'd take the FA Cup all day long. If I was a Ferriby fan, I would. They cannot take that trophy off them. You know, they forever, always won the 2015 FA Trophy. They, if they, even if they, even if they do take the releg- the voluntary relegation, which I'm assuming would be two divisions, because I don't think they'd be able to go just into the Evostic Premier. You know, good management on the pitch, good young players coming through. You know, they can mm. soon soon get themselves back back again. It, it doesn't. It doesn't always have to be about about the money. It, you know, you can, you know, you, you you can do it by hard work on the pitch, but you've got to do it within within your particular financial constraints, and it's never more important than at, at this level. The only thing, the only, you know, my last thought on it would be, if they do go down the voluntary relegation, it'd be a little bit disappointing considering the BT Sport deal that was going to kick in, because you would have thought there'd be a little bit of extra money. Coming their way if if they're a member of Conference North mm. might not be a lot, but you would have thought there would have been considering all the bells and whistles and the TV programming and all that that's going to come along next season mm. for all 68 member clubs, you would you would like to think there'd be a, 
you know, a little a little slice of of the pie coming to them, but it you know it wouldn't be it wouldn't touch the sides. It wouldn't be any. It wouldn't do a you know it'd be a drop in the ocean. But I, I, if they cut the playing budget and they go down in results on the pitch, then so be it. You do it. But I, you know, voluntary relegation seems a bit of a cop out. If you're cutting the playing budget, that's one thing. But just get relegated then. <laughs> you know, just try your best, bring young players through, and you know, see if you can stay up. They're not in debt. You know, no, they, no. they they don't have they don't have creditors except the Forsters, and I don't think they want the money back. It wasn't a loan; they've just ploughed it in to keep them going. So you know, yeah, it's a it's a strange situation. It's a little bit disappointing. And it's if it's not true that they're not about the voluntary relegation, it's disappointing from the players that they've that a few of them have tweeted that they're going to go down, and that you know and. I would imagine those tweets will be getting deleted. <laughs> but, uh, well, from what yeah. I understand, Nathan Pete has already taken, has already clarified what he said. Yeah, he's it, he? it is, you know. So, I think it's been a case of emotions speaking, dreading the worst, fearing that such a thing might happen, and it's possible. It's possible the talk has gone on among them that that's what's going to happen. And, yeah, but um, it's like it's it's like you're saying it, Rob. They're not being released. It's just at this level, your contracts run for twelve months. It's not, not an issue. You know, I know a few. I know there maybe will it's be a few. quite a few on contract. There's only five or six out of the eighteen-man playing squad well, there you who have are next... on contracts for next season. Contract I believe. Yeah. Yeah, because I know it's very much the done thing at our level that. Your contract starts on the 1st of August and it finishes on the 30th of uh, April because they don't want to contract you for those extra few months because they have to pay you. Um, um, well, a lot of the time, it, they don't even, yeah. some clubs don't even contract to, uh, to to involve the playoffs, do they? I think they have to. No, no. I will say this looking at what I see you know, on the Ryman League registration pages, all contracts expire on the 31st of May in the Ryman League. Um, yeah, they, so I don't think it's the end of April. I think it's at the end of May. But you know, with the load of, this will only really affect a few. It can just be a case of quite a few of them will be just told, well, you know, we can't have you back next season because we can't afford to pay you. And so, come back on half half what you were on, but yeah, we might come. We might we might look at it, but you know, it's just basically a case of you know just not being invited back for next season. The the, the cynical side. I know we need to move on from this, but the cynical side of me, because the club was put up for sale recently is if they did you know the, the club's stock is at an all-time high but then as a consequence there's the asking price you really get them two divisions and it might tempt someone in because it'd be a hell of a lot cheaper to buy a, a division one north club than it would a conference north true true yes it, it would be and as i say just one final thought when you say about the players um same thing happened to say Two, um, yeah, I think it was only two seasons ago um, at Trinity, and there was probably about eight or nine of those players who came back. Who said, "Yeah, okay, we'll take a pick up. We'll come back. We like the club." Mm. And that's the the sad thing to me is that some of the players, obviously, it is just about the money, and I fully appreciate that as well because it's a job. Um, mm. If my employer turned around and said. Oh, if you want to stay working for me, you've got to take a 50% pay cut. Well, no, if I can just travel up the road and say, Harrogate, for instance, turn around to them and say, I'm available, then they're likely to say, okay, we'll have you, if you're not under contract with them. So it's, it's an awkward situation, and the way it panned out and the way it played out, I think is what has given me... Uh, the bitter taste is that uh, everyone went off and shouted the mouth uh, from the playing squad and then nothing was clarified from the other side what was happening and so it's just a it's just an unfortunate thing <coughs> that that's oh yeah um, 
that it's come down to that. I say I'm, I'm still time, and I thought they would have given it another season at the same level to see whether they could make it. Because my question then goes to the the forces who are being protecting is is say, what did they hope to achieve when the village has three thousand people in it? Mm. Were they hoping that? People at Hull, uh, Hull City, who've probably got three thousand or three and a half thousand uh, season ticket holders, would trundle down the road to down the A63 to uh, go down to Ferriby if Hull were playing away. I, I don't know what you do, and I think as uh, one of my friends over at Stockport uh, said to me, Bradford, Harrogate, Fylde, Forest Green. There's a few other clubs who should uh, be looking at themselves, thinking, "What could happen um, if our big man, if our big man decides to say, bored now, not achieved what I wanted, let's move on." So as I've always said, Kristen, those kind of clubs are one breath away from being in serious financial trouble, because all it takes is an accident or a medical condition, and they're up the creek. So let's move on to something else that uh, I think James is probably going to spend a while talking about. And Enfield Town uh, are going to be deducted, potentially. Uh, I think they're appealing again. Uh, the um, three points, I think it was, uh, as they fielded a player who was ineligible for them. They notified the FA because it was poor record-keeping by other clubs that caused this, the FA said, OK, yeah, thanks, uh, fair cop. Uh, don't play in the next two games, otherwise we'll do it for fielding uh, an ineligible player. But the FA nicely reported them to the Ryman League, who have said, oh, we'll have those points off you then. And potentially, um, it's going to make a huge difference to Enfield's season. But... We're running out of time to get this sorted out. I know you you had a little thing uh, on underleague.com, didn't you, James, this week? Yeah, this, I'm, this is another bizarre situation. That, so, you know, the, the players' former clubs have been um, shoddy in their, in their record-keeping and haven't, haven't correctly recorded the player's details when registering his his bookings. Um, and then, so obviously when they've done their due diligence in field, when they've signed the player, it hasn't shown up that he's suspended. Um, playing question, I think it's a midfielder, Ariane Tajbach. Apologies for the uh, horrible pronunciation there, but uh, it's the best I can get out of that. I think it's a good Scrabble score, that surname. Um so yeah, as soon as they knew, they they notified the FA. The FA, as you said, they told them don't play them in the next two games. You'll be fine. Now whether they've told them that verbally is, I don't know. They 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 you know Enfield in any of its statements don't say whether they got that in writing or not. So if they did, then this goes away for me. If they were just told over the phone, it's not really gonna. Not really going to stand them in good stead. Um, it's, it's, it's a, I mean, it's not the first time this season we've had this, and you know, Robin and uh, the secretary at Hampton, Nick. You know, I mean, it it just puts undue pressure on on these volunteers at these clubs. You know, that how are they supposed to do their job properly if the governing bodies can't do theirs or the previous clubs can't do theirs? And um, you know, and as you as you say. Kristen, it has a massive impact because Enfield finished fifth in the uh, in the Ryman League Premier Division, and if they do lose these points, which came about through a um, a home win against Hendon in January, believe it or not, um, they would obviously under league rules lose those points, and it would drop them out of the playoffs, and they'd be replaced by Met Police, which as well raises another issue in my head, which I might just touch on in a bit. But why is it taking four months? Why? Why is the hearing after the season's finished? Were they just hoping that Enfield wouldn't finish fifth? Were, were they hoping that it wouldn't matter? That they wouldn't be in the playoffs anyway? I mean, this is what really annoys me about this. Why does it take so damn long? They were, in, they were notified in February. 
and it's still taking them until after the season's finished for this to be levied at the moment. Well, the charge was levied, I think, last Wednesday, I believe, and the hearing is this Thursday, if I'm right. And why? You know, this is—it's ridiculous that it takes that it takes so long for for something like this to happen. I just, you know, I mean, they've had a they've had a great season in field. You know, they—it it could have even got more complicated. We were chatting on fair, weren't we, Rob? You know, I mean, if mm. if, the, if the goal difference. Because Enfield have offered to replay this, the match if you know if, if that's viable against Hendon. Uh, they said they're happy to replay that. Now, if the goal difference between Hendon and Maidstone, who were the top two, if that was closer than it actually is, that could have had implications because Hendon finished second, three points behind Maidstone. Unfortunately, the goal difference I think was some I think it was a gap of about eighteen. So even if even if they did replay and Hendon won, they wouldn't overtake the uh, overtake Maidstone. But you know, it it could have had implications on the league winners, not just on on Enfield as well. And it's it's just a uh, you're you're a, you know you're at a loss for words when something as basic as this goes wrong. It, it's just ridiculous. Um, and as I was saying, if Enfield do get these points deducted and end up with Met Police finishing in the playoffs. Met Police are kind of in that sort of Vauxhall Motors type situation, aren't they? Where they, you know, how high up the ladder can they feasibly go? You know, that a phenomenal season for them to finish sixth, in fairness, and to only just miss out on the playoffs. But yeah, that I mean, that's the story for another day if, if and when that comes about. But yeah, I mean, I don't know what you make of this, Rob. I mean, I suppose I guess you be familiar with the uh, with the officials. The secretary in Enfield, I guess you've you've dealt with them on match days, and mm. you know, I mean, I'm, I, I assume you haven't spoken to them, but they'd be wow. they'd be devastated at this because you know, they we're volunteers at this level, and it, mm. you don't need that sort of thing hanging over your head. You wouldn't want that hanging over your head if you were paid, let alone when you're giving up your your many many hours over the course mm. of a season and many many road miles and and you know and evenings evenings out, evenings in with the wife or, you know, you just don't need that sort of thing because the people that are actually getting paid can't do their jobs. Part of the problem from all the articles, again, I've read on this, is that the FA had three separate disciplinary records for this player, which I must assume is due to the complexity of the gentleman's name and the Mm. possibilities of at least half a dozen different spellings. And, again, it sort of raises the question you know, what are the FA doing? You know, yes, they have to take what the clubs send them, you know, on trust. They have to assume that it's right because that the clubs have gone and done what they needed to do. And yet, you know, this has happened. The club is paying for, you know, for mistakes and mismanagement in the register, in the discipline, which is in the suspensions and governance section uh, of the FA. Because people have made a mistake and not correlated, you know, the fact that this sounds similar to another player that we've already got. Um, so in, in some respects, yes, the previous clubs, you would have hoped they would have, you know, been careful about how this sent it all off to the FA and how they filled out the paperwork. But the end of the chain could it be a football club not getting to the playoffs because of a mistake um, further down the line and to be honest that's just incredible in this day and age that this has happened <laughs> yeah. if there had been somebody like Margate or Maidstone those clubs that were comfortably in the playoffs hmm, probably wouldn't be too much of a thing when you could drag a team completely out of it and put another club in there that probably wouldn't want to take up the position in this in these circumstances, you know, it just the mind just boggles about how you know how the FA have the brass neck to go and punish a club for something that is nothing of their doing. This is what is annoying so many people. Enfield, in many respects, are blameless. They're innocent. They've done everything that you would expect a, a good, honest club to do. And yet they're the ones that are going to get punished for the people's mistakes. And that ain't fair. And that ain't right. 
And um, for the FA to basically say, well, you've done it anyway, you're going to be punished, takes no account of you know, what's happened further down the line. It's basically a case of you're the end product, you've brought it to our notice, you're the one that's going to end up losing out. That's not right. That's not fair. And, you know, if the FA think that this is going to, you know, make things any easier, then I'm sorry, but, you know, this it isn't. They've got to sort this out. Enfield would be quite right, to, if they wanted to, to take it to, you know, this court of arbitration in sport. And that would just mess up the Ryman League playoffs for months because you couldn't hold them. You couldn't have the competition there with the fact that, you know, Enfield might be allowed to take part. So the you know, the problem could be big. Enfield are in the middle of it, and yet they're blameless. Something's got to change. I mean, they, they've written up a letter to, which is on their website, um, mm. for all to see to, to the rest of the clubs in the Ryman Premier Division, mm. of, with three, basically with three options. Um, you know, one one was to replay the game against Hendon. Uh, one was to carry over the points deduction to next season because of the late notification from the FA, and the uh, the third was to to change a wording in the laws of the game, which I think it says um, clubs shall be de- deducted points gained, and they want to, they want to change to clubs may be deducted, so that discretion can be applied for for cases such as this. Now, are these three options? Yeah, number three maybe, although it kind of changes something that's black and white into a grey area and. I'm not so sure about that one. Option two would be the one for me is fairly and squarely they've mm. finished fifth. So for me, because of incompetence elsewhere from FA, from other clubs, they you know they they, they shouldn't be punished this season. They might not go up through the playoffs. Mm. They've got to face uh, Hendon, you know, and then if they got through that they then at Hendon because Hendon finished second. If they won that, they'd then have to go to uh, Margate or I forget who else was in the playoffs, apologies. Um, but they'd have to go away again. So it, it's a really big mountain to climb for them. It's been done before. Concord Rangers did it a couple of seasons mm. ago. Mm. You know, when, you, when you finish fifth, you know, in, in our, at, at that level, it's, it's home advantage for the higher players team. But I would say take the three points off them from the start of next season in whichever division they're in. I think, mm. to be honest, that's, other than if, if that's if they find them guilty. Um, you know, that's that's a big if at the moment. If they find them guilty, that would be the option mm. that I would uh, that I would say yeah. would would, would, mm. be the, would be the fairest overall, I think. Yeah. No, re, no replay because the no. league's finished. The league's finished. No. You're right. And, yeah, that's, that's the one for me is mm. whatever league they're in. I mean, if they're in Conference South with a three-point deduction as the promoter team, that's a that's a big hill to climb from the get-go. But mm. they they would happily take that that take that up you know that opportunity. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is part of the problem with the FA. They don't make allowances. It's basically black and white. You broke the law. You've got to be punished. There's you know. I can very easily see it because it's happened before this season. It happened with Thurrock. Do you remember a couple of seasons ago? Yeah, with the yeah. Uh, you know with Joel Barnett. Yeah. Yeah, where the league, where the FA acknowledges that it's you know it's a mistake that is not the club's making. That yes, the club are going to come out badly to it, but in the end, it all comes down to their bottom line, which is played an ineligible player. No mitigation. No extenuating circumstances. According to the FA tribunals, it's black and white. You broke the law, you're punished. There's no excuses. That is where the FA think. Well, th- there was, that, there was... that is part of the problem. The fact that the FA do not allow anybody to have any reason for doing, for basically not for, you know, getting, you know, getting the charge dismissed. That is the way they work, and that needs to change. They need to acknowledge that where the mistake is clearly not in the realm of the club, not at any, you know, basically within their own halls at Wembley. It's been a mistake made by other people, people paid by the FA, and yet the club who have been blameless are going to be the ones to suffer. This is the problem. The FA, the FA tribunals need to change their thinking. Yes. 
Enfield have admitted it happened. They did everything right. They notified the FA. They brought it to the notice of the relevant people. The clubs previous down the line, I don't know what they've what statements they've made about it, but in the end, they're the ones in some respects that have got part of the blame, you know, to carry. But in the end, Enfield have done nothing wrong. And yet they're the ones that are going to pay for the FA being, and I'll, I'll, I'll be straight here, being stubborn and bullheaded. Basically, that's in this day and age, there is no room for that. And the sooner the FA bring their thinking up to the 21st century, hell, I think some of them don't even bring it into the 20th century. They're that far behind. That needs to work, go out. There needs to be acknowledgement that the decision was, that the mistake was made elsewhere. It was not made at Enfield, and the Enfield should be allowed to continue. Find them if you must. And I know the rules say there should be a points deduction, but that assumes that the blame is on the club. This time it isn't, but the FA will not acknowledge it, and that's yeah, the problem. It's, it's not the first time either this, this year. Um, I've just been... Because it, it rung a bell as soon as I heard about this, and I couldn't, I couldn't quite bring it to mind. But it was, it was Ossie Albion, uh, Northern Premier League Division One North. Um, this was back in January. I, I'm just looking on shameless plug on uh, on under the league because I wrote about it. Um, they, they had one. Um, they played a midfielder called Adam Jones at the start of the season, um, and they got a letter from the FA saying that he was suspended. Now they got the letter. This was their first knowledge of it the day after the player suspension ended. So they immediately contacted the FA and the FA said no further action will be taken. And then a month later, they get charged and docked. And it, it's just unbelievable that, you know, the FA, as Enfield Town quite rightly put in their open letter, the system's not fit for purpose. It, mm. just, it doesn't work. It just does mm. not work. The ridiculous thing about that one with Osset was the player was banned for a specific nine-day period from a fine, an unpaid fine two years previously, but it didn't cover the start of the season. And he'd, he'd played a few games at the start of the season. It, uh, it, it, it's, it's on there in the news section if you uh, just sort of type Osset Albion into Under the League if you want to read it. It's, uh, it's a fascinating story, but uh, it's not the one we're talking about tonight. But it just goes to show these aren't isolated incidents. And someone has to carry the can at the FA. They, they, just, they just don't care about football at this level. I don't care what they say about grassroots. We said, we talked last week with England C, they just do not care. Well, just to uh, play it from the other angle, see, I'm protecting everybody and I don't particularly like it tonight. Um, <laughs> the FA aren't making the decision on this. This was the Ryman League, like it was Evo Stick League, who decided to do that to us at Albion. And, like, this is the Ryman League who's decided to enforce their own rules to um, deduct the points. And so that's the interesting thing to me, is that I wonder whether part of it is the leagues hiding behind the apathy that there is at the FA for the non-league game and just saying, well, we'll stick it, our rules is rules. Because, as you say, if, if it... Dock them three points next season because the the problem to me is that unlike Forest Green where it happened what third game of the season yeah there was no way that they could psychologically prepare themselves we've made the playoffs you get off the pitch and by the way you've been docked three points you're not making the playoffs anymore mm. and that's the thing that I don't like it's the timing of the decision and the announcement being in the last week of the season rather than saying right we're not going to get this done in time they're going to lose three points next season um maybe they're just worried at the Ryman league of upsetting the met police and uh, getting arrested or something that's, uh, <laughs> that's the thing. let's move on to some happier things we've had a re really depressing end of season so far um we we can move on to some happier things. What relegation? Um, yeah. No, no. I'm talking of goals. Lots of goals. Now it's time for hat trick watch. It's really weird listening to that jingle by myself. Oh, uh, I was listening so, to it there. <laughs> so it's just just so I know how long to leave. 
Um, I was just I was just listening to myself. <laughs> Not as much fun. Well, we're going to start down there in the Southern League, I think, because I'm going to be awkward. Um, because South and West in the uh, Division One in the Southern League didn't bother scoring any goals in the well, any hat tricks in the last game of the season. So Mr. Mills at Didcot Town remains stuck on seven hat tricks in the league for the season. So that's pretty stunning that to me. Um, the Southern Division One Central didn't have any either. And the only ones who saved them was uh, Gerard Flanagan at North Greenford United as they beat Potters Bar 4-3 four, four, uh, at Green, North Greenford. And uh, so that's pretty lucky. The Southern League, who've been goals galore all season, mainly the Division 1 South and West, there seems to have been a lot. Now, whether it's been helped with Bishops Cleave and uh, Ashley down there having uh, such a torrid time this season, uh, it's hard to say. But uh, we've, we did get one. Uh, in the Southern League, uh, sorry, the Ryman Division 1 South, our little friend down there at Guernsey, Packed off the season with another hat trick at Ross Allen. Uh, he was the first person to get a hat trick in the uh, Division One South of the Ryman League, and he's also the last pe- person to get one in the league this season. So that's a nice little start and end as far as that goes. And and nothing in the North and nothing in the Prem. Didn't you look? <laughs> didn't you lot score anything over the weekend? Um, Blythe Spartans, uh, they rubbed salt into uh, Trafford's wounds. As Dan Maguire, um, he tried his hardest uh, during in midweek game last week. He grabbed a hat trick in the four-one away win at Trafford. Trafford were already relegated, and Blythe were pushing for a promotion uh, playoff spot. Unfortunately, they didn't manage to make it, despite him grabbing a hat trick uh, in midweek last week, and. Oh, I think I've dragged the tab by accident. <laughs> so, <coughs> confused myself now. So, we're going to jump to the Evo Stick Division 1 North with uh, Kieran Collini at Droylston grabbing another hat trick. He got one a few weeks ago. Uh, he scored three in the uh, 4-2 victory at Radcliffe. Uh, Dale Wood, oh, sorry, Daly Wood at uh, Paddyham. He grabbed a hat trick as uh, they beat Prescott 4-0 uh, at the weekend. So, uh, not bad uh, numbers there. All right, uh, somebody's confusing me. They're moving everything around. <laughs> Stop it. Um, and so we're, we're <laughs> so we're looking at the final hat-tricks of the season. We're going to mention Big Tom Denton at North Ferriby. He grabbed a hat-trick as they beat Geisley um, 3-2 in midweek. Um, a little... He also was at Workshop last season where yes. exactly the same thing happened as what's happening at uh, Ferriby. So, is Go he a bad omen? Yeah. <laughs> and so, the final hat-trick we're going to mention is uh, of the season was for Danny Rowe. Uh, his second hat-trick in two weeks, and uh, I think I agree with you, James, that we've got to go for Player of the Week. Two hat-tricks in a week. And it was a cracking match at uh, Files, who went behind in the first couple of minutes, but managed to run away 6-4 winners. And uh, Danny Rowe grabbed two penalties. Uh, and I think, did he not grab two penalties? Oh, there's only one penalty. Um, getting yeah, one penalty the week before at Harrogate. Yeah. Yeah. In so fact, he wasn't he, um, I think he was player of the week last week, wasn't he? Because it was the 11-minute 11 11 hat-trick. It- Yes, he so was. He's so, got play of the week to- twice running, which I think that is the first time this season. So yeah. it's uh, not a bad one. Thank you very much to Libby, who's put a lot of work into this uh, spreadsheet over the course of the season. Uh, you can always tweet her a hat trick at Libster Clark. Uh, thank you very much for today, Rob. I know uh, Libby was very happy that she could go and cut the grass uh, as you uh, put the uh, hat trick watch together for us. <laughs> well, the thing was, it was Sunday afternoon. Nothing much to do. I thought, ah, let's go do the hat-trick watch. It kept myself usefully occupied for an hour or so in Sunday afternoon. Take your mind off North Ferriby. Yeah, can I thank the Southern League for uh, scoring ridiculous amounts of hat-tricks? And just put it in perspective, seven hat-tricks for John Mills. In the, I know it's uh, you know it's step step four, but in the Conference Premier, there were only nine hat-tricks 
throughout the whole of the season. So John Mills got seven on his own. Yeah, it's, it's and three of those in the Conference North are scored by John Akinde. To be fair, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a cracking uh, show for him uh, this season, and I think we've got. I haven't moved on to the club of the week because I don't want to go through all of the relegations and promotions because they're not all settled and we're running out of time tonight. But I think we could maybe mention how badly I did at predicting the leagues because we'll start with the team of the week, James. And I think you're, you've come up with uh, Corby town. Yeah. Uh, so, Corby Town had to go to in the um, in the southern south and west. They had to go to. Uh, they were in second place going into the final final game, and they had to travel to Leaders Pool Town. Um, in a in a winner takes all match. Um, uh, they they were two nil up. They were they got a two nil lead. Uh, Pool Town came back to two two, and then Corby scored the winner nine minutes from time to win to win three two and take the title. Heartbreak for Pool Town in front of their own fans, but uh, what an effort from Corby and and uh, yeah, deserved team of the week. Yes, and that will lead us into our little pr- predictions uh, uh, scoreboard, as it were. We uh, people may remember we made a few predictions at the start of the season. I don't want to go through them all, but uh, I want to thank nobody for winning as they got <laughs> six out of the predictions right, uh, which is amazing. I don't know who nobody is, but uh, uh, they appear to have got all the all their predictions or more predictions right than everybody else. Um, I think the notable ones, as far as I'm concerned, if we're looking at uh, ones that seem to come out of nowhere, Salford City... We didn't choose, any of us didn't choose, but I presume that's because we didn't know that there was the uh, Class of 92 taking over. Um, Just looking that uh, James actually won from Mm. our perspective. Uh, He wins the dubious prize of saying that he got five random guesses, well, three (laughs) random guesses correct at least. Um, Kettering and Murtha were definitely random guesses. (laughs) Well, I got those ones right as well, so I put mine down to thorough research rather than just thinking... If if I'm I'm being honest, I think I might have copied you on those ones. (laughs) (laughs) Stewards inquiry on that one, please. (laughs) So that then puts us all as bad as each other, if you... Um, I have to... Yeah, I have to admit, I think I got a bit lucky with, with at least a couple of mine, anyway. Well, to be fair, Rob, you were the only one that got one on your own. Um, you were the only one to pick Maidstone. All the, all the others, either me and Kristen or me and you, Rob, or got mm. right. So you were the only one to pick that one out on your own. Uh, yeah, don't forget my beautiful uh, prediction there of Peace Haven and Telescope have been relegated, so uh, that's how good I was at choosing that. <laughs> yeah, you're not, you're not welcome down there, I don't think. <laughs> But also, I would say with Rob, um, Bristol Rovers and Barnet, right, right down to the wire yeah, there, absolutely. could have gone either way. So that was a another good one from that <laughs> and Br- perspective. Yeah, and Bristol Rovers seven nil on the final day as well. They did their bit, didn't they? Yeah, couldn't do. They did their bit to ensure that uh, Alfreton came to play at the North Dome next season. Yeah. Uh, is, is what they did. And uh, obviously, I didn't choose uh, FC United, uh, but you guys did, and they finally made the uh, the sweep. So, although they yeah. lost on the last day, didn't they? Just to uh, yeah, to Workington, yeah, uh, yeah, they just squeaked through, didn't they, midweek to win the title? But you know, you you had Scalmersdale, didn't you, Kristen? As your as your pick for the NPL, and you know, I, just, and I was I, I was loving it when they were oh, about to yeah. win points clear. But we 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 said off air, didn't we? That, FC United had all those games in hand and they landed right when they were bang in the best, best form of the, <laughs> that they could ever have been in to play all those games. You know, I mean, if they'd have played those games first time around, it could have been also different because, as you know, they were not in great form before Christmas. Mm. And, you know, just the fact that they just play game after game after game and they had that momentum. We've said it before, haven't we? You know, you've... Mm. It, it can work for you having all those games if you if you hit form you just want to carry on playing and it's it's worked for them and they stumbled a little bit over the line towards the end but they've got there after four heartbreaking playoffs and uh, I cannot wait to see them in the conference north now and see what they can do going forward 
Well, neither can I club, because that club needs to be at step two and above. I I'll be uh, loving that uh, going there next season. Oh, that new stadium nice. is going to rock, and it would be, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be an amazing season for them. It's going to be. I've I've already thought if uh, the conference computer or the National League computer, as it's now going to be known, um, if they want to go with history, I do recall that a certain uh, club in Manchester, with the United after it rather than before it, um, changed their name from Newton Heath about 100 and some years ago. 113, is it? Something like that. I wasn't born then, Chris. Neither was I, and I don't really support the club. The one thing I do know is that I do believe their first fixture as the aforementioned Manchester United was against a certain Gainsborough Trinity. Mm. So, to me, it would be nice uh, to get um, FC United opening day at the North Home. They can bring over 3,500 fans who would like that. We don't mind. Uh, they can sing the place down. They can drink the place down. And then I can go on holiday, so that'd be nice. Um, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's fantastic for the for for the Conference North as well. I know you know yeah. the crowds that they're going to bring, as you say, is exactly. it's going to make some fantastic, that's the thing. fantastic that's, that's atmospheres. And don't forget that lovely brand new stadium they've got to take into yeah. the Conference North. Well, mm. you know, they're going to have what Stockport County. Yeah, I mean that's a hell of a game, and that's cool. Hopefully, hopefully that'll be uh, that's going to be a Boxing Day extravaganza. That one. Wow. Well, I think I'm, I'm just thinking because I think was it Broadhurst uh, was that about four thousand you can fit in there? I think it's what they went yeah. for four or five. Four, I'm sure that Edgeley. Yeah. I'm sure that Edgeley can fit like seven or eight in. Um, oh like yeah, yeah. Rafters, yeah. and so. For a non-league game, because that's the thing that actually got me. Just just jumping back to Bristol Rovers for a second. Oh yes, eleven thousand and eighty-five people watching a non-league game is amazing. Yeah, I think I saw. They, it is the is the record. It is the biggest crowd for a non-league match. I think they tweeted that it was bigger than every crowd in League Two, and yes, all but about two or three in League One. I think they said, but yeah, I mean they're not a, they're not a non-league club, Bristol Rovers. You know they. If they don't go up this season, I'll be, I'll be I, amazed. If I not, think you find that they are. They got relegated. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but by fan base and reputation and, yeah, history. Yes. and history, they've never been an non-league club, have they? But, no. but uh, can, I, can I, uh, you know, next season we're going to be talking about uh, Cheltenham and Tranmere Rovers. I, I'm friends with a Tranmere Rovers fan at work. Well, I think there's two or three of them, actually, even though we're down here in London. And uh, first time in their 94-year history, they're obviously gutted, but don't worry, I've reassured them, non-league is... Bloody awesome. I recall watching Tranmere lose a playoff to get into the Premier League at one point. And it's just, I couldn't, I was was genuinely surprised when I looked at the bottom of the League Two table a few weeks ago and saw, oh, Tranmere. When did they even drop into League Two, let alone Mm. be in the bottom two? Mm. And the other thing, uh, no offence to Cheltenham, but you could do a double drop and then that would make the the, uh, Boxing Day. Christmas and and <laughs> yeah, and especially if Gloucester haven't managed to get the stadium sorted, they could be of a home and home, both of them at Wadden Road. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Very true. And we could send Telford to could go play Wor- Worcester, so that's all right. But we're eating into this and finally time, and I just think it's a shocking story here that you've got today. <laughs> it's graceful, James. I don't know you there. <laughs> and so James what have you got alright so it's uh, it's not it's not going to be quite as amusing as last week's so I don't think we'll ever get one like that but uh, yeah so my, my local club Bracknell Town um, their under 12s had a had a county cup final um, this week uh, against Thatcham Town unfortunately they lost 1-0 um, but that's that's not the story Um Story is that Thatcher and Town's under 12s have actually managed by Bracknell Town's first team manager, uh, Keith Pennicott Bowen. Um, helped steer the uh, the men's senior team to the highest ever position in the Hellenic Premier, uh, top 10 finish. But his son actually plays for Thatcher and Town's under 12s, and uh, yeah, he's the manager and he's he steered his side to, uh, to a win against the, the under 12s of his employer. So. I just thought it was a, a nice little one to end to end another nice little uh, little bit of local controversy, if you like. 
Yeah, I think he should have excused himself from the game on the grounds uh, that he would incriminate himself. Conflict of interest. Uh, so. yeah. Well, he didn't seem to bother last week, and finally, about incriminating himself today. <laughs> 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 oh dear it has been a roller coaster season really uh, I think as uh, far as things go it's been uh, enjoyable talking to you two uh, most weeks and uh, well it's Rob, not been enjoyable other weeks then, no? <laughs> no most weeks it has every other week it probably has the one where Dave and Rob was here it was great talking to you James I'm sure you were there in spirit uh, but Rob I was, yeah. I was, You've done a you know, I was talking to myself, replying to you. <laughs> but when you're doing that, we can't hear you when you're listening to the recording. Um, that's the only problem with that one. That's probably better. So, so Rob, you've finally published a, uh, another blog post, and you've got another season out of the way without telling us where your Twitter handle comes from. I don't know how I do it. You know, everybody must be conspiring to find out that they, well, I should say, not find out. So perhaps next season. Perhaps. No, you're not even going to tell anybody what it is. That's how. That's how surprised you are with it. So you can always follow Rob at Rabid Robo uh, out there on Twitter or the uh, Football As I See It dot WordPress dot uh, com. And James, under the league, going strong, uh, causing controversy with the North Ferriby fans and the FA alike? Uh, yeah, I've, I've got a, a work in progress on the North Ferriby thing, but it kind of can carry on with that. Uh, I've got, excitingly enough, uh, Dave, uh, Dave Burin, our, um, our semi-regular guest now, he's been doing some brilliant articles from his Magister travels, but he's uh, he's taking it up a notch. Um, it'll be up probably tomorrow, now. I hope to get it up today. But he's done a, he's done an interview with uh, the Russian Olympic manager and uh, former Premier League player in uh, Richard Schneckers um, and former Ajax player. So it, it's a fan, it's a fascinating yes, yep, absolutely. It's a it's a fascinating read. Um, I just haven't had the time to get it up today, but I'm hoping once this podcast is out, it'll be. Uh, It'll be up there as well tomorrow, Tuesday, hopefully. Well, it's always great. Under the league.com, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's always great reading uh, Dave's articles, and uh, it, it's always nice uh, reading your site at, uh, say, under the league.com as well. Um, you can also go to the uh, Facebook and go to uh, the Non League Podcast, and you can. Uh, like on there would be good you can go to iTunes for us and uh, you could leave a little review because it always helps uh, we are going to take a bit of a break and so we're going to be a bit more off and on uh, than we are usually with the new season starting around the 8th of August it seems to get earlier and earlier this uh, and uh, but uh, if you want to follow the podcast, if you go to Twitter at NonLeaguePod, or you can go to uh, the website and you can subscribe to the newsletter, which will give you some info about uh, what we've been talking about and where you can download it first. But uh, what have you been doing? I uh, thank you for listening.